Hey, church family, thank you so much for signing on tonight. Um, we are going to continue in our pastor series called Approachable, and we're going to look at the Gospel of John. Um, when he asked me a few weeks ago to, to cover um, this message tonight, I knew exactly where I wanted to go. I wanted to cover the I am statements of Jesus. Um, you, you think about, man, Jesus is everything that we as believers need in this world, in this life. The question is, are we appropriating that in our life? Um, when Jesus makes these I am statements, and so there's seven of them, so I want you to buckle your seatbelt, stay tuned in, um, but there's seven common ones, and there, there's going to be an eighth bonus one that I'll add at the end, at the end. It's not one that I wrote in, but it's one that exists in there. Um, but when Jesus was saying this, he was actually referencing back to Exodus chapter 3, and it was a dialogue between God and Moses. Um, Moses, again, when he was about to go uh, to, to be the person, the mouthpiece that God was going to use to talk to Pharaoh and bring the exiled out, um, he said this. He says, if they ask me what is his name, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. That statement there means this, I will be who I am, meaning that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, God is always consistent as believers Man, that should bring comfort and, and joy to our hearts and lives to know, man, God is the same for you and for me through every situation and circumstance. Um, here, when he continues, he says, um, he said to him, say to the people of Israel, I am have sent you, or sent you. And so that statement there, I am, is all-encompassing. I am everything that you need. Um, the overarching question, so every point that I have tonight, I'll have a sub-like question um, that I want you to think about and ponder, but this is the overarching one. Are you allowing Jesus to be everything he desires to be in your life? When, when I pinned that out and just thought about it in my own life, am I currently, Garrett, allowing God to be everything he desires to be in my life right now? It's so easy not to do that. It's so easy to trust God for eternity, but not trust God for today. And so in your heart and life, I encourage you as you listen to the message tonight, may it be reassuring, man, Jesus are all of these things in your life. And so when, he, when God made this statement, I am who I am, or tell them I am have sent you, he's saying these overarching, this is who I am as God. But when Jesus says these I am statements, he's painting with color in your life. And so the very first one is found in John chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, Bibles, I want you to turn there. And this is at the feeding of the 5,000. Right before this, the disciples and this multitude saw Jesus um, feed five, over 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves. Um, in your life right now, are you trusting that Jesus can do that? Or would you rather have the 5,000 fish and 5,000 loaves? Often I find myself like just running after that versus just trusting, God, you can satisfy me with these two fish and these five loaves. This is what he says. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You think about what he just said there. Whoever comes to me in your heart and life, man, are you coming to God, coming to God in the word, coming to God in, in true worship? Are you coming to God in prayer? Are you coming to God to satisfy your need? Whoever believes shall never thirst. Are you believing God today? Um, so here's the question. Are you seeking to be satisfied by Christ? Um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to chapter 4 of John, and we see this dialogue taking place between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Here, um, he speaks to these elements that he is the one that satisfies 
And so here he knows that this woman's going to be there. He knows what's going on in her life. And he even knows how he's going to use her as an instrument of the gospel to the people of Samaria. And what is going to take place in the near future. And this is what he says. Jesus answered her, or answered, everyone who drinks from this well will thirst again. Just take pause. In your life right now, what would be the well that Jesus is pointing to? Um, Man, I, I know I have the Holy Spirit inside of me and And sometimes he speaks so loudly in those times of temptation. And he says, hey, if you drink from this well, you're going to thirst again. Um, In your life right now, it's so easy for us to to seek to be satisfied by some element of this world that promises satisfaction, whether it's wealth or security or a new job or this new relationship. All of these things squawk at us to say, hey, you will be satisfied by me, but If you're a believer, there should be the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you know what? I'm the only one. Jesus is the only one that will satisfy. But he says here in verse 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. So the sub point I want you to write down is this. He satisfies completely. In your heart, my heart, man, the only thing that's going to satisfy you completely is the person of Jesus. Look what he says. So Fast forward down through the story. He has this dialogue with a Samaritan woman. He had sent the disciples away to, to go and get food from the city. And now they've come back and they see this encounter. They think, what is going on here? And, uh, and so now they're urging the, uh, the rabbi, Jesus, to eat. And this is what he says. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something in verse 32. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Verse 33, then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Verse 34, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who have sent me and to finish his work. So the second some point is this, his satisfaction fulfills a greater purpose. Jesus was trying to teach his disciples this, this overarching thought, and I, I wrote it down. His fulfillment is not to fill his stomach, but fu- to fulfill his father's will. You think about like in your life right now, what is your life purpose? When I I thought about this, I thought, you know what, Garrett, what are you trying and striving to achieve with your life? With these these 85 years on this earth, what are you trying to fulfill? Are you attempting to to just fill your stomach, fill your wallet, fill this, this area of happiness or joy in your life? Are you trying to fulfill your Father, Heavenly Father's will? In our hearts and life, that is a daily choice and decision. It's not only one that we, we set at the moment of salvation, but is a moment-by-moment decision daily in our life. Are we going to fulfill the Father's will today? Are we going to fulfill the, the Father's will? Or are we just going to try to fill our stomach? The second one is this. If you have your Bibles, turn to um, John chapter 8, starting in verse 12. Right before this, the... Um, the Pharisees were always trying to stumble up Jesus, but they brought this, this woman that was caught in the act of adultery to Jesus and threw him at his feet and said, what should we do with this woman? And uh, he, knowing all things, he um, stoops down, he's drawing in the, the dirt, writing in the dirt, and there's a lot of speculations of what he was writing, but he says this, he who is without sin cast the first stone. It's also during the festival of the tabernacle. And so in this time, the, the Jewish nation, they celebrated who God was um, through the wilderness. And so um, the pillar of fire at night and the cloud by day. And he makes this statement in verse 12, speaking to his disciples. Again, Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me 
will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Guys, just just absorb that truth tonight, that he is the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I don't know if you've ever been one one of those people that um, I, I used to go hunting with my dad, and he would walk down a trail, and he would be the one owning the flashlight. And it wasn't because they were trying to restrict me. I probably lost a flashlight, but I, I am afraid of dark. Like, I, I did not like it. You always hear creepy sounds out there. And so um, when my, my father had the flashlight in his hand pointing at his feet, I wanted to be as close to him as possible because I knew, hey, there are things that maybe could get you or could trip you up. And so in life, are you allowing God to be that in your, in your life? Are you allowing him to be the light in your life? Um, here's the question, are you following his light to direct you, or are you allowing his light to direct you? In your life right now, are you allowing his light to direct your life? So the two subpoints is this, his light redirects your path. Hopefully, there is a big distinction between who you used to be to who you are, meaning before Christ and after Christ. But again, that is a daily decision. Psalms 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God wants this, his word, to daily be the direction that sets our days. Um, That's why it's so important to get into his word and allow his word to not only um, us to get into it, but it to get into us. Um, So the first sub-point is his light redirects our path. The second one is this, his light transforms our identity. His light transforms our identity. Paul says this in Ephesians 5, 8. He says, for at one time you were darkness. Not you once lived and existed in darkness. You were darkness. For all of us that have kids, we have seen this played out. Um, when they were little kids, you didn't have to teach them how to sin. They, they knew how to rebel against authority. And we as well have done that. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. God not only wants to direct your, your life with his word to be the lamp into your feet, but man, he wants to redefine who you are. That when people see you and see me, they see the character of Christ in and through our lives. Matthew 5, 16, I love this verse. I say it all the time, but so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is a daily mission for us. That when they see us in the good times, in the bad times, in the mundane times, they see the character of Christ in and through your life. That's how he wants to transform you. Um, The third is this, if you have your Bibles, turn to Um, John chapter 10, starting in verse 7. Um, Right prior to this, um, Jesus heals this man that was born blind, and uh, it was on the Sabbath. The the Pharisees found out about it, bring this man in, question him. Because of his statements uh, about who he believed Jesus to be, they excommunicated him, kicked him out of the synagogue. And so Jesus finds him, and then at this point, he is speaking to his disciples. And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And verse nine, I am the door. And if anyone enters in me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. What Jesus is saying here is these Pharisees, they believe that they are the authority of religion. And he says, you know, just again, the picture of them excommunicating this man because of the statement of who Jesus is. But now he is saying, hey, I am actually the doorway. 
Everyone that comes into me, man, they will find sanctuary, security, and they will find everything that is needed to sustain life. So I wrote this down. Instead of kicking us out, the Son of God welcomes us in. And isn't that a beautiful thing that God knows everything? The Pharisees only see external, but God knows the wickedness that took place in our minds and in our hearts. And, and you would think, standing before a holy, righteous God, and he, we deserve to be excommunicated, kicked out. But here the Son of God is welcoming us in to find sanctuary and security. So the question that goes along with this is this. Are you looking to find sanctuary in Christ? In him we have salvation, but also in him we have everything to supply life and sustain life. Here you think about this. He says we're able to go in and out, not outside of his protection and outside of his will, but we have access and flow with him. And it says that we are able to find pasture. Look what he says and continues in John 10, 11 is the fourth one. In John 10, 11, it says this, I am the good shepherd. The good, um, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So point number four is I am the good shepherd. Point number three, if I missed it, is I am the door. This gives reference, if you have your Bibles, you can go to Psalms 23. You've probably heard it many times in funeral settings, but this is also not only in times of death, man, this is in times of life of who God is. And he says in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me by the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. <laughs> to know in every situation and circumstance in your life that God is with you. You think about that is the common theme through Scripture, through Genesis, all the way to Revelation, that God is with us. He didn't leave us in this place abandoned. And he is your good shepherd and my good shepherd he says, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. The question that goes along with this is, are you allowing him to be your good shepherd? It would be amazing for us as believers if we really understood who Jesus desired to be in our life and daily we just, we walk beside the good shepherd because we know, man, his rod, his staff, they comfort us. That walking in step with him is leading us to good pastures. He's leading us beside still waters, that when we walk through times of tribulation and hardship, man, we don't fear because we have the, the Savior of the world right alongside of us. The fifth one is this, going to John chapter 11. Um, here, right, it's right before the, the resurrection of Lazarus. He's having this dialogue with Martha, and he says in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, he asked. And, and that's a question for us. Do we believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Do we believe that if anyone believes in him shall never die? In verse 27, she answers and says this, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into this world. So the fifth one is this, I am the resurrection and life. 
I am the resurrection and life. Do you believe God to be that? Um, the question is this, are you living in the power of his resurrection? Are you living in the power of his resurrection in your life? Are you allowing him to be victory in the day and then also knowing that he is victory over death? That there will never be a time in your life spiritually that you will ever not exist and you will always reside with God here and there. Are you allowing him to do that? Then the sixth one is this, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. John, uh, John chapter 14 is um, the last night with his disciples in the upper room. And he's having this conversation at this point with Thomas. And Thomas says, he just communicated who he was and where he was going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so the sixth I am statement is this, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The question is this, have you placed full dependency on him? In your life, do you see him as that? Thomas asked this question, how can we know the way? And what he is saying is this, and I just wrote it down, look to me. How do I know the way? And many times we find ourselves in situations and circumstances in life where we, we feel like we are um, we were removed from knowledge. We have no, um, no idea what the next decision should be or what direction we should go or what life is actually about. And what he's saying is, hey, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so in your life, are you casting full dependency on him in the area of relationships, marriage, parenting, job, future? Are you casting all that dependency on him? Because again, Jesus is saying, I am the way. Look what he says, um, again, they are leaving the upper room at this point, and now they are walking, starting to walk through the city. And this is what he says on the seventh one. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Here, he, uh, again, he's saying that this, uh, this is who I am. I am the vine. I am the only way that you're going to have life and sustainability in your life. And the only way that you're going to produce spiritual fruit is actually through me. And so the question is this, are you abiding in him daily? Are you abiding in him daily? And how do we do that as believers? Um, the way that we abide in him daily is abiding in his word. And again, allowing not only time spent in his word to be information that we um, ingest, but it's also how it's made manifest through our life. Um, it's walking in line with his spirit. Um, it, it is when Garrett wants to do something that is outside of the will or rejecting the will of God, falling in line in submission to what his spirit wants to do. It is interaction with the fellowship whether it is, it is showing up to church or watching online, that you are allowing fellowship to take place in your life. And it is making sure that you are trying to bear fruit in the mindset of allowing the Spirit of God to use you to be a communicator of the gospel and a disciple maker. And so are you allowing him to do that in your life? And then the last one, so this is the bonus one that I told you about at the very beginning. And um, this is when he is in the garden and he is about to be arrested. Um, in verse 18, or chapter 18, starting in verse 3, it says this. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went, there, uh, went with their lanterns and their torches and weapons 
You think about this. So again, Judas, when, when he came, he had went to these people that present themselves as authority. And then they procured weapons, lanterns, torches. And so these, these items that would say, man, it's items of strength. In verse 4, it says this, Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen, came forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. I am he. Again, giving reference to Exodus chapter 3, giving reference to everything that he has already stated through the gospel of John. And Judas, who betrayed him, was standing there with them. And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew backwards and fell to the ground. They encountered the living God. And he stated, I am he, the person, the thing, the one that these people have been looking for. I am he. He, and they fell to the ground. The question is this, is he the one you're looking for in your life right now? And have you been just searching? Have you been, and maybe you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're watching this, you have maybe participated in religion, but you've never truly given yourself fully to the person of Jesus Christ. My prayer is tonight that you would see Jesus for who he desires to be in your life. And that God, through this moment, you would trust him as Lord and Savior and that you would give him everything that you are. But if you're a believer here tonight and you are currently frantically trying to do life apart from who God desires to be in your life, that you would take pause and repent because this is what he's saying to be in your life and in my life. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the doorway, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I am the true vine, I am he. Are you allowing him to be that in your life, and my life? Let us pray. Father, we realize that we are helpless without you. God, you knew that to be true in Genesis chapter three. And Father, you, by your grace and mercy, sent your loving Son into this world to die on the cross for our sins and resurrect three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. God, you sent the power of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, into this world to reside in believers' hearts. Father, I pray that we would enjoy every aspect of who Jesus desires to be in our heart and in our life. Father, we would trust him, that we would lean on him, that we would come to him, that we would believe in him, that we would receive him, and that we would understand what it is to be a believer. And it's not only the enjoyment of knowing who Jesus desires to be in our life, but it is a reflection of Christ in this world through being lights of the gospel, but also, God, it is being the joyful mouthpiece of the gospel and the hands and feet of the gospel. And so, Father, tonight, I pray for every person that is signed on tonight and myself that we would fully invest ourselves in who you desire to be in our lives. God, we give you praise and worship. In Jesus' name, amen.